Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and welcome again to Student of the Word. Today, we are going to study the deity of the Holy Spirit. Some people don't believe that there's three members of the Godhead. Some believe the Holy Spirit represents just God's attitude. God can be happy. God can be sad, judgmental. But the point of it is he is a member of the Godhead, even called God. So today, let's go to the Word of God together and be blessed with the deity of the Holy Spirit. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Glad to have you here today. I'm going to be teaching today on the doctrine of the deity of the Holy Spirit. This is really theology. Let me say the difference between theology and everything else. Theology is when we study God. We study his attributes. We study his his attitude. We study his actions. Anytime we study God and something about God, this is where we come back to theology. So today we're going to be taking up the deity of the Holy Spirit. He's one of the three members of the Godhead. And so my book that I'm offering is Life and Power, the Ministry of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have this book, it's going to be a great blessing. It talks about the different ministries of the Holy Spirit. Jesus that said, the Spirit who is with you, present tense, shall be future tense in you. So he's with us, he's in us, but then just before Jesus left, he also talked about the Holy Spirit would come upon us. And so those are the different ministries of the Holy Spirit, breaking that down. I know the book will be a great blessing to you. So today we're gonna be talking about the doctrine of the deity of the Holy Spirit. And the reason why I even bring this up is because there's a lot of oneness people out there. And oneness people believe there's just one member of the Godhead represented by the Father, but different attributes of him are seen in the Holy Spirit and in the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, what I believe, and I know probably the mass of you believe out there that are watching, is there are three members of the Godhead who work together as one. And uh, the fact that even God in the Hebrew is the word Elohim, which is plural, and God said, let us make man in our image, shows that there is more than one member of the Godhead, and they work together as a team. God does this throughout the word of God, husbands and wives, all right? We work together as a team, and so two become one. And uh, with God, three became one, but with two becoming one, it's much like the word team, the word team is one word made up of many who act as one. And uh, no one wants to take the credit, even if they talk to the quarterback about how great he did. He always compliments the team. We work together as a team. And that's true because without the team, the quarterback could get tackled every single time. So we have to come back to the fact that the Holy Spirit Jesus Christ himself and God the Father work together as a team. And I know we believe that, but there's some who believe, no, there's only God. And uh, the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ are just terms for other parts of him and how he acts and how he presents himself. My father worked with a man who was a oneness and uh, my dad was talking to him one day and the guy said, how can you believe there's three three gods? He said, I don't believe there's three gods. There's one God, but there's three, pe- three persons that make up the, and he said, oh, that's just too confusing. He said, there's only one. So my father said, well, what about when Jesus was baptized in the river Jordan? And it says that Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. A voice came from heaven from God the Father saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then the Holy Spirit came and lit upon him. How do you account for that? And the man said, well, God was a ventriloquist. I mean, you have to go pretty far out of your way to try to prove points like this. But today we're gonna talk about the deity of the Holy Spirit. He is a member of the Godhead, but he is also God. And so God presents himself in three separate individual ways. Let's just kind of boil down the fact that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all form 
the Godhead, but they all have different responsibilities. God the Father always originates the plan. That is the the plan of creation, the plan of redemption. He originates the plan and Jesus Christ is the one who executes the plan. The whole universe was created by the Lord Jesus Christ from God the Father. God created through Jesus Christ all things that are seen and unseen. So God the Father created the plan. Jesus Christ executed the plan. The Holy Spirit is the revealer of the plan. He reveals through the prophets of the Old Testament, the writings of the word of God. He reveals that to us. When it comes to salvation, God the Father planned the plan of redemption, planned the plan of salvation, and Jesus Christ, the second member of the Godhead, was to accomplish that. And so he went to the cross and died for us. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals that to us through the word of God, the prophets of the Old Testament, the apostles of the New Testament, And then also through his convicting ministry, as the gospel is presented to somebody, the Holy Spirit brings conviction and the desire to open up your heart and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. So again, we see there the three members of the Godhead, the planner, the executor of the plan, and then the revealer of the plan. And this is kind of how they operate. It's much deeper than that. It's much broader than that. But that kind of brings it down to something simple that we can see, much like members of a team all have different responses responsibilities. So does the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And again, like I said, there's some believers who don't believe in the Trinity. Some believe that there are two members of the Godhead, the Father and Son, and the Holy Spirit only represents God's attitude. What do I mean by that? Well, there's a verse in Ephesians that says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The word spirit there doesn't mean we have a a demon spirit living in us or even a good spirit living in us or our spirit. It doesn't live in the mind. It doesn't live in the soul. The The spirit lives inside of us. We have a spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in our spirit. But again, that's that word there, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, means the attitude of your mind. And we do that all the time. You know, we we go to uh, people, you know, they call uh, hard liquor, stuff like that. They call it spirits because why? It changes your attitude. And so we have that word attitude and the word spirit attached to each other. But the Holy Spirit does more than just represents God's attitude of love or anger or forgiveness or joy or repentance. All the things we can say that God the Father has that we actually through creation, have the feelings that God has, only his is much more intense. But again, no, that's not what the Holy Spirit means. He is actually a third member of the Godhead. So we're gonna take a look at some passages dealing with the Trinity that tell us the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all co-equal carry authority, co-authority, and are co-eternal. All three of them, again, are equal and have authority and are eternal, all of them. And by the word eternal, I mean they have no beginning, they have no end. Let's talk about that from the scripture. I'm just gonna give you these scriptures. You can write down the scripture reference, go look at them later and study them out. But the very first mention about the fact that God is plural is found in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the word God, there's the word Elohim. And him in the Hebrew is plural. So it talks about the three members of the Godhead were all involved in creation, and that's true. God the Father planned it, Jesus Christ created all things, and the Holy Spirit's revealing it here in Genesis 1.1. 
Then in verse 26, we find out it's even stronger here. This is where God speaks. And in Genesis 1, 26, it says, and God said, let us make man in our image. Here again, we find out that the Godhead is made up of more than one. And in the very beginning opening of Genesis, we find out the spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth, over the deep, over the waters of the deep. And of course, this is where uh, the restoration of the earth actually began. Matthew 28 and verse 19 says, says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So here we have the writer, Matthew, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, talks about that when they baptize people in the Jordan River and in other places where they baptize them, they did it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And people still do that today. Now, there's some that baptize in the name of Jesus Christ only because one passage of Scripture mentions that. But most of the time, again, we come back to this. In fact, our first pastor that started our church would baptize him in the name of Jesus in whom dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So he kind of satisfied both sides of that. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14 says this, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Man, that's a great verse of scripture, isn't it? The grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father that caused all this to happen, and then the one we fellowship with, the most that brings us fellowship with Jesus and brings us fellowship with God the Father is the Holy Spirit himself. So the deity of the Holy Spirit is proven by the words used to describe him. The Hebrew word Jehovah in the Old Testament is used of the Holy Spirit in representing the Godhead. Each three members of the Godhead have carried the title Jehovah. And the word Jehovah means the manifested member of the Godhead. And there's times when the Father has manifest himself through Jesus Christ. There's times when Jesus Christ has manifest himself in the Old Testament as the second member of the Godhead, the redemptive member of the Godhead. And then the Holy Spirit has represented himself and shown himself in the different symbols that he has in the Old Testament. And Isaiah chapter six and verse eight says this, I heard the voice of the Lord. That's the Holy Spirit. And the word here is Jehovah. I heard the voice of Jehovah saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? There it is. One member of the Godhead spoke out for all three members. That was the voice of the Holy Spirit, Jehovah saying, whom shall I send and whom will go out for us? Hebrews chapter 10, verses 15 through 17 says, the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. So the Holy Spirit here says he also witnesses to us. What's that mean? Well, the Father witnesses to us. Jesus Christ witnesses to us, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us for after he had said before, this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. So the Holy Spirit was in the drawing up of the covenant, whether it's Old Testament or whether it's New Testament, that drawing up of the covenant we have. They had a 
temporary covenant with God called the law. And the only reason God gave that covenant because they begged him to do so. But the, the covenant of grace has always been here. From the time that Adam and Eve fell, God did not introduce the law. After that, when Cain slew Abel, he did not introduce the law. He introduced the sacrifices, but those sacrifices was to teach about Jesus Christ himself. And so we find that all the way up until the time of Moses, when the people at that time asked God for his law and said, we can keep your law. And God showed himself with anger and vengeance. Because if you want to see God get angry, then you approach him according to your works, according to your church attendance and your giving record and all the things you can do. And you'll see anger come because if you go outside the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and faith in him, then God's going to get angry. So in 2 Corinthians 3, 17, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty freedom. So notice this, the Lord is the spirit. And the word here for Lord is the word kurios. It's used for God the Father, used for Jesus Christ, but here it's used for the Holy Spirit and tells us that the Lord is the spirit. So we have it here again, the Lord kurios is the spirit. So if you're talking about the Godhead, you have to include the Holy Spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so the deity of the Holy Spirit is proven and mentioned of his divine attributes. So we're gonna come back after the break. We're gonna talk about six attributes that are only possessed by God. So it's concluded that the Holy Spirit has to be included in this proving of the attributes of God. Because if God has the attribute, the Father, Jesus Christ has it, then guess what? The Holy Spirit also has these attributes. I'll be right back after the break and we'll talk more about the sovereignty, the omniscience, the omnipotence, the very covenant keeping Holy Spirit that we serve. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Indian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain His ministry, and how the world was changed when He came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. 
Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. I had a praise report here from Elantheus, and he writes in saying, this was such a helpful teaching today, Pastor Bob. May God bless you. And Pamela writes in and says, this lesson today was right on time. Thank you, Pastor Bob. That's what I like to hear. You know, I know that these are, are filmed in advance, and you know the same thing too. You're watching this after I recorded it, and it's amazing to me how that God even has his hands on when these things are presented, because we have people that say, Pastor, I was going through that this morning, arguing with God, getting depressed all these different things were going on in my life, wondering if I was even in the middle of God's will, and you came on and you verified it. So I thank God for that. I thank God I'm in a position to do it. I thank God you're in a position also to respond to it. And again, I want to tell you too, I have so many people that have sent in testimonies like that and then end up being a partner with me in the ministry. And so they simply say, listen, if God can speak to you, I want to be a member of that. I want to be a part of that. If you'd like to become a partner with me, then go to my website, bobyandian.com. You'll find out how you can become a partner with me. And again, I thank you in advance for being such a great partner and a great listener and one who watches and is blessed by this broadcast. We've come to the part on the deity of the Holy Spirit and it's proven by mention of his divine attributes. What do I mean by that? The attributes that the Holy Spirit possesses is the same attributes that Jesus Christ possesses and God the Father has. These six attributes are only possessed by God, so it's concluded that the Holy Spirit is God. Number one is sovereignty. This represents all authority has been given to the Father, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 11 says this, in the dispersing of the gifts of the Spirit to the body of Christ, to each of us and our individual callings, it says, but that one and very same Spirit works all all these things, that's the gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributing to each individually as he wills. Notice the Holy Spirit has authority, sovereignty, as Jesus Christ does and God the Father does. Now, I don't want to come across as if we have no sovereignty, but even the sovereignty we have was given to us by the sovereignty of God. God simply relinquished some of that authority he has and he gave it to us. And so we have authority, we have sovereignty in certain areas of our life. Omniscience, this is all knowing. First Corinthians chapter two and verse 10 says, but God has revealed them to us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. So here we have the fact that the Holy Spirit does searches the deep things that God has done in us. And so here we have the fact that the Holy Spirit searches all things and he's a member of the Godhead and all three of them search those things out in us. Omnipotence, this means all power. And this is speaking of creation. In Genesis chapter one and verse two, I mentioned this verse in the opening of the broadcast it says the spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. So here we have again the fact that he's called the spirit of God. So God has a spirit. Yes, it's here in this verse of scripture. It's not some kind of attitude. No, it's simply a third member of the Godhead. And I don't believe they are listed in the in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit 
to say that one is better than the other, yet they all work together, but the Father has the headship over them. Omnipresence is the fourth one. This simply means that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are everywhere, and they're not just confined to a certain spot. Now, Jesus Christ, once he took on a human body, as a human is in one place, but the Spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ is everywhere, and that's because, again, he is the a member of the Godhead. And so all three of them have omnipresence. They're everywhere. Psalm 139 and verse seven says this, where shall I go from your spirit? Can I hide from the spirit of God? No. Or where shall I flee from your presence? It simply says the Holy Spirit is wherever I am. And I don't care if I'm on the highest mountain in the lowest valley. I don't care what the bottom of the ocean the Holy Spirit is with me. And I like this Psalm because David is simply reflecting back on a time he tried to run from God, ended up in the cave of Adullam and there's where he repented. But he simply said this, I ran here, I ran here. But guess what? Everywhere I ran to get away from you, there you were. So it comes back to it again that the Holy Spirit is everywhere and we can't flee from him. But the point of it is he's not there to spy on us. He's there to comfort us, to bring us encouragement. He's waiting on us to repent to the Father. Number five is veracity. This means absolute truth. The Holy Spirit has no lying in him at all. There's no sin in him at all. First John 5, 6 says this, it is the Spirit who bears witness because the Spirit of truth. And he says here that the Holy Spirit bears witness because he is the Spirit of truth. What does it mean? The Holy Spirit cannot vary from the Word of God. The Spirit and the Word always agree. And that's why the Spirit bears witness with the Word and the Holy and the Word itself will bear witness with us of what the Holy Spirit guides us to do. If the Holy Spirit guides you in something you know absolutely you're searching for, such as you're debating between two jobs and something supernatural comes to you to take one, follow that. But there might be times the Holy Spirit starts to guide you and you can to, wait a minute, is this true? You can wait to verify it by the word of God or have something else that bears witness with it because the Holy Spirit never wants to give you something and is not embarrassed or is he get upset if you want to verify it to see if it's true. The sixth one is life, eternal life. The Holy Spirit, just like Jesus Christ and just like God the Father, had no beginning or no end. They are eternal. Again, eternal life belongs to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What do I mean by that? You and I have eternal life, but God doesn't call it that in us. He calls it everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What do you mean by that, Pastor Bob? Well, God gave us eternal life, but the moment we receive it, it's not eternal, it's everlasting. Eternal life with God means there was no beginning and there is no end. With Bob, the day I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior, my eternal life I received from God the Father became everlasting. I received it on a certain day and it will go on forever and forever. Bob is not eternal, but I am everlasting. So when I received Jesus, that's exactly what happened to me. Romans chapter eight and verse two says this, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I possess the characteristics of the Holy Spirit. I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not Jesus. I'm not God the Father, but I possess many of the characteristics of God. And here I'm simply saying out of Romans eight two, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. There's power in the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 9, 14, who, that is Christ, through the eternal spirit, 
offered himself without blemish to God. Notice this, the Holy Spirit is called eternal. The eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God. Let me give you some titles found in the word of God for the Holy Spirit that proves he is God. He's called the spirit of God, Genesis 1-2, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 16. In those verses, we find out the title for him is the spirit of God. Number two, he's called the spirit of the Lord. So the spirit of God represents God the Father, the Spirit of the Lord represents the Lord Jesus Christ, and this is found in Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He never brags on himself, never does his own work. He hears what the Father says, he hears what Jesus Christ says, and he goes to do their will. He's submissive to the Father and submissive to the Son. So again, number two is called the Spirit of the Lord, Luke chapter 4 and verse 18. Number three is called the Spirit of Jehovah. This is his Old Testament title, the Lord Jesus Christ, but here he's called the Spirit of Jehovah, Judges chapter three and verse 10. The word Jehovah is a reference to the manifested member of the Godhead. We know him as Jesus Christ. And whenever God showed himself, he showed himself through Jehovah. Judges chapter three and verse 10 is the verse this is founded in. Isaiah 61 and verse one calls him the spirit of the Lord God. So here we have a reference again that he's the spirit of the Godhead. When God wants to display himself and give his wisdom, give his understanding, give his revelation, he does it through the Holy Spirit. In Genesis chapter six and verse three, God the Father even refers to the Holy Spirit as my spirit. And here we have the fact that in Genesis chapter six and verse three with such terrible sin covering the earth, the spirit of the Lord was still there. I don't care how bad sin gets. And well, I do care, but I mean, what I'm saying is that there is no amount of sin that can ever get God out of my life, get God away from me. In the midst of all that, God is with me. He never will leave me. He never will forsake me. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 11 calls him the spirit of our God. So all of us have the same God, but there's one Holy Spirit and one God the Father and one Lord Jesus Christ. And God is simply big enough that the entire world received Jesus as Savior and did from the time that Jesus arose from the dead. He's still big enough to cover all of that. First Corinthians chapter six and verse 11. Hebrews 9:14 calls him the eternal spirit. My spirit had a beginning and has no end, but the Holy Spirit is eternal. Never had a beginning and never will have an end. Again, Hebrews 9:14. 1 Peter 4:14 4, says this, he's called the spirit of glory. Wow. When God displays himself on this earth with his glory, that's the Holy Spirit. When we feel the presence of the glory of God during praise and worship or prayer or worship and praise to God, we find Him, his presence is there, that's the Holy Spirit. And we always credit that to the Holy Spirit. Oh, the Holy Spirit's presence was so great today in the church service. We see people getting healed and we thank God for the presence of glory, the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 2, he's called the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How wonderful is that? So the Christian is indwelled by the Holy Spirit. That is by God. When God came to live in me, it was the presence of the Holy Spirit that came to live in me. First Corinthians chapter three and verse 16 says this, don't you know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? I am the temple of God. 
What does that mean? The Holy Spirit moved out of the temple, made out of hands and moved into the disciples on the day of Pentecost and has been in us ever since. We are more valuable to God than that building was. And the Holy Spirit doesn't wanna be in a building made out of hands anymore. He wants to be in the building that God made. So that's why 1 Corinthians 3, 16 says, understand this, you are the temple of God and the Spirit of God dwells in you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, which you have from God and you are not your own. How wonderful to know that the Holy Spirit indwells me, lives in me, and that's the presence of, if I, if they, people say, does God live in you? Yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in me. Well, I'm asking about God. Listen, God the Father, the Son, the fullness of the Godhead dwells inside of me, but he does it through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And Ephesians 2.22 says, in whom that is the Lord. You also are built together for a habitation of God through the Holy Spirit. In other words, if God lives in you, the Holy Spirit lives in you too. They are a team that works together as one and they have chosen to live in you and chosen to live in me if you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. What a great blessing. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.